Welcome to Triple M's Dead Set Legends podcast for Betfair. Play your way this footy season by setting your own odds at Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. For your Saturday morning, we've got the biggest sports show in town. Let's go, go, go! Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan and Lima. What a legend. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Good morning. Yes, Triple M's Dead Set Legends, but without Lima, unfortunately, yes. he's having a spell. Yep. So that's Joey, Jane, Kath with you for your Saturday morning. How are you, T? Having a spell. Lima's doing a cashy up in. <laughs> oh, he's doing something because we'll, we'll speak to him. I'm going to get a hold of Lima. I didn't want to throw him under the bus. Yeah. No way. Clearly you did. That's what we do on so this show. He's headed to remote New South Wales, yeah. right? And so how much would it? How much would we have to pay you, Joey? How much money would you have to do it to take a bus, a plane, a seaplane? Twenty to, grand. Yeah, it would. No. I, it's at least 15, I think. It is. He's gone to this two-bit rugby club to do some sort of sportsman's night for 15K. Just doing thought. his bit for the community. Oh, God. He's a giver, Lemo, that's for sure. Hey, yeah. I need to apologise to you all because I just adjusted the um, the air conditioning before. We come in here, it was a little bit yeah. cold. Oh it was well, freezing. It was Did really you crank cold. it up? I cranked it up. And I feel like we've been sitting in a microwave for the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> We're all sweating in here. I'm sorry that's for right. that. It is hard to work out, though, the weather. What about the other morning? Like, you wake up and it's thunderstorms and hail and freezing, and then yes. by the end of the day, it was hot. Flash flooding. Anyway. Guys, anyway, surely yeah. we have better things yeah. to talk about. <laughs> no, that. We're I not those that. kind of people, no. are we? Sometimes. <laughs> Jay's still gonna, we're still going to rank our favourite um, our favorite biscuits. Yeah. Seasons of the year. Yeah, you were trying to argue oh, yes. that winter's better than summer. Winter is the, is okay, the best. Okay, let's do this Winter right is the best season. Yeah. Tell me why. Yeah. Why is winter better Because than I summer? love nothing better than to rug up by the fire with a glass of red watching the footy. That, for me, is better than... Stinking hot summers where I'm sweating and it's uncomfortable and hiding under your fat jacket is not a reason. <laughs> it is not a reason to lock the cold weather because you comfort food, a bit more comfort food in winter. Everyone looks better with a tan, so I just yeah, I find your argument redundant. I'm picturing Joey at home wearing a what is it, a snoogie or an oogie or what a, a oh, you know, like those one of those um blanket. Yeah, yeah. I just get the blanket. I just get the blanket out. Well, I, the onesie, like the onesie blanket. Oh, so you love summer, you're a summer girl. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, and I think most spring people or are. Spring or autumn is better than summer. I, I reckon Summer's fourth on my on my list. Autumn is the most summer underrated. Yeah, spring's a great time of year. Spring carnival, spring's the spring. All right, yeah, and, and autumn's good, actually. Weather's good in autumn. You're not a big fan of the beach? Nah. Nah. No, yeah. I don't want the sand getting oh. up in spots where it's If you would like to talk uh, yes. weather and rank the seasons, yeah. do call us on one triple three five three. We are better than this, guys. We want to chat footy. We want to, this chat, is footy. A we want to chat footy. That's why. Yeah. Big stories. Big yes. stories. What? What big stories do you have? What's well, the biggest? We, we, we talked about the, the number. who was the number one player in the game last week, yep. and we all landed on Max Gorn, or a lot of people landed on Max Gorn, mm. and now there is significant worry at the football club Beaten out of the midfield. There's heaps to talk about. Yep. Massive games today. Nick Dacos versus Jane Ho- Jason Horn francis I get too excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's celebrate the Brizzy Lions next, though. Leroy, a man on the tools. He's a Lions we're fan. Back, so we're going to do this for you, Leroy, and all the other Lions fans. Just give me- oh, Bailey. He knew the tackle was coming. He lowered the shoulder. Danaher takes the advantage and kicks it into the top tier. And there's the volley from Charlie Cameron. I think that's a goal. Zach Bailey coming through and drills the goal. Zach Bailey's kicked his second. Here's the magician. He got one already. Yes, sir, Dane. 20 touches for Bray Shorten. Oh, no. Oh, no. We've got lights out. Just give me The siren. <laughs> a game like no other has been won by the Brisbane Lions.
Bit light. I liked that little Nelly Furtado. Yeah, the lights out. Yeah, it was a strange night at the Gabba. Power outage saw the lights go out in the last quarter, which meant play was suspended for a little over half an hour. Both teams eventually re-emerged to play the remaining 12 minutes. There was also a big injury story to um, emerge involving Max Gorn. We'll get to that in a second. But all in all, a win for Brisbane. They beat uh, the D's by 11 points, Joey. And it was a very different game for three and a half quarters before the lights went out compared to other last 12 minutes where Melbourne really uh, got their act together and gave the Brizzy Lions a bit of a scare. Yeah, we'll work backwards. So that last 12 minutes after the power outage, Mel- Brisbane were up by 40 points. And then it was like they came out thinking, we've just got to get through the game. And Melbourne came out and thought, well, let's just have a real crack at this yeah. and see what we can do. And they kicked five goals in those last 10 or 12 minutes. So they probably made the scoreboard look a bit more flattering than it should have been because Brisbane dominated this game from the start. And as always, Jay-Z, it started in the midfield. We yeah. always talk about it. They were humbled last week, the Brisbane midfield, by that young Port Adelaide side. Mm-hmm. They were back to their best. They kicked nine goals out of stoppage. Uh, they dominated a Melbourne team who are one of the best clearance teams that we've seen. They won the clearances by about 28. They won contested ball. That generated their game, meant all the forwards could get involved. The forwards that were under the pump last week makes a difference, and uh, and Brisbane were far too good. Annihilated out of the middle, and mm. we'll speak about Max Gorn, the latest on him. I've spoken to the Demons. That's coming up in about 10 minutes, so we'll get to that big issue in a second. But this that was the story of uh, of the match for me was what happened in the middle. Six, As you said, 60 clearances to 32 against the might of Clayton Oliver yeah. and Christian Petrarca. Like, it was a stunning midfield performance uh, from Brisbane. I, I want to pick your brains on it uh, in a second, Joey, because Simon Goodwin, the Melbourne coach after the game, said that the, the, the cricket with and potentially the hardness of that centre square played a factor. Let's take a listen to the Melbourne coach, Simon Goodwin. It is a different type of ground, especially centre bounce. You know, we were down by 10 at centre bounce, but it's a cricket pitch. We don't play on a cricket pitch too often as a, as a footy club. So there are reasons behind why we're a little bit poor in that space, but we need to be better. Interesting, Joe. What's he talking about there? Is it because it's the ball bounce is high? Well, it is interesting. Or? But there has been a lot of talk. I remember through the COVID years, we always spoke about the Gabba and the centre bounce. It's a scoring ground from yep. centre bounce. You do get good advantage. And maybe because of the cricket wicket, the ball does bounce higher. So you got to time it better. And it is probably a little bit um, harder to get your grip underfoot. Mm. So it's maybe a different type of reaction. Yep. I don't know. Maybe he's one clutching. One kick deep forward. One, one you kick know. you're right inside. Maybe he's clutching a, a little bit. They yep. were just comprehensively beaten by a better team on the night. But um, it certainly is different. The Gabba centre wicket to the other grounds. Many would consider Melbourne's midfield the best in the comp. So would this be concerning for Simon Goodwin? Or? No, no, no. That's a, one, that's a one-off for Melbourne. We've, we've seen it over three or four years. That's unusual for them. So I think they'll bounce back. But the big elephant in the room that we will touch on after the break is Max Gorn and the impact that he does have because he is the best ruckman we've seen in the last 15 years. And if he's not there, does it affect your stoppages? Well, that's, that's what we're going to find out. Big opportunity for Brody Grundy. And even best case scenario on a medial ligament injury, Grundy's going to take the reins for the next month or so, you would think. But the flip side of the coin, Brisbane, I mean, we had some questions. What, what, is this a great great coaching performance from Chris Fagan, guys? Because after the last week's loss to Port Adelaide, he says, oh, maybe complacency was issued. The players, did they drink their own bathwater? I'm paraphrasing here. There was, um, you know, they weren't quite on edge. I well, can you- imagine at the Gabba this week, he would have had them wound up like a two-bob watch because their intent around the contest, mm. you know, was something to behold. And yeah, they've all we- spoken about it. You heard them in post-game and all, they spoke about effort, that their effort wasn't there last week. So they addressed that. They knew that. And this is why, I suppose... There was that real shock about Brisbane because we all expect a bit more of what we saw last night. This mm. is a team mm. that everyone's got in their top four, their yep. top two, because they are stacked with talent. It's now just for them applying it for the consistent part of the season and in finals because 
they are cherry ripe to win a flag. So they should be playing the way they did last night for a fair part of the season. And Kath, what about Will Ashcroft? So 31 yeah. possessions last night. The, the, the hair was magnificent. Um, it was flowing <laughs> in his second game. We've been talking about Dacos Horn Francis. Um, that was some statement yep. from the father-son last night. He, he looks like he could be something special. Joey. And well, there's a lot of these young kids that all look special. It's yes. amazing the impact they're having in their first and second seasons. Yes. But that just shows how how the pathway, how ready they all are, both physically and mentally, mm. and the impact that they can have. Will Ashcroft, uh, it was unbelievable last night. Nine clearances, 31 disposals. Unbelievable. Yeah. Superstar. Yep. Um, we're going to talk more about this power outage, though, yes. because it was very strange and it's a rare occurrence in the AFL. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. It is a year to the day that um, former Foo Fighters legendary drummer Taylor Hawkins uh, died. Um, one of those moments. Remember, yeah, I remember getting the message. I remember exactly where I was sitting. It was at the MCG and um, a beloved figure in the rock industry. Yeah. So um, it was a sad day and thinking of uh, him and his uh, family, um, clearly. Well, yeah, well said. We have those moments in footy as well where you will never forget where you were watching. And I think last night was one of those games, was it not? When the lights go out, it's a rare occurrence in an <laughs> AFL match. Why yeah, are you sure. laughing? It's a song. You It's a nice segue. It's sort of tied in. But you're right, because last <laughs> night it reminded me of um, 1996, the, yes. top, the fame, which we all still talk about. Now I can't remember where I was when that happened. I was 13. But <laughs> but what it was interesting about the Waverley game in 96 <laughs> <laughs> is I actually did something. For I was the, in the crib. Yeah, I did something for the, um, for the St Kilda Footy Club. <laughs> Focus. Um, hang on. Focus. Back, back. I was at this St Kilda yes. footy during the week Sorry. doing something for the 150-year anniversary, mm. and I actually went to Waverley last week and did something with Spider Everett and Lazar Vidovic, who played in that game. Mm. Oh, yeah. And they were the telling the stories. that, the, the, But that was a whole black, like a whole blackout, the whole ground, yep. inside the rooms and everything. And they were saying it was quite scary because you literally couldn't see, you didn't know what was happening. Well, you wouldn't have your iPhone. There was no iPhones. Yep. They were talking about lighters. They all, they were all getting their lighters <laughs> out. And, and, and that was what they were using for light in there. So Which there then was... adds another layer of anxiety to the whole situation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, so, they get quite hot. Yeah, yeah. so heard. there you go. So it was a bit of shades of 1996. It was quite bizarre. I remember sitting there thinking, oh, and uh, I thought mm. the commentators all handled it really well. Yeah. Well, speaking of commentators, we've got mm. Brett Thomas with us because he was there at the Gabba calling the game for Triple M. Brett, thanks so much for your time. What was it like at the ground? Yeah, it was it was really bizarre, and, and funnily enough, I was actually at Waverley Park back in '96 when that happened with the Saints and Bombers, and completely different scenes because we still had some light at the Gabba, just not the light towers. But it was all pretty civil. People pulled out their mobile phones and turned their torches on, and they were belting out Neil Diamond. The players <laughs> stayed out there for about ten minutes, and then then went into the rooms. Whereas at Waverley Park, as you said, Joey. Um, you know, it was pretty much pitch black. And then I reckon it took all of about 10 minutes before uh, they pulled uh, one of the point posts down and then uh, let some, <laughs> lit off some bonfires around the ground. So um, <laughs> much different scenes back in the 90s. But, yeah, they were off for about 40, 45 minutes. And the AFL rule is if um, it's longer than an hour then and it's in the fourth quarter, you declare the result, which is, I think, what Brisbane would have wanted. They were up by 40 points at the time. When they came back out... Um, you know, Melbourne almost uh, pulled off the unthinkable. They kicked five goals in about uh, 10 minutes, but uh, the Lions managed to hold on. So, yeah, 
crazy scenes. Not exactly sure um, the, the reason as to why it went out, but it did happen in a big Bash League game in 2019, and that was to do with a, a grid going out in, uh, in eastern Brisbane. So perhaps that could be the reason for last night. Hey, Brett, good thing they're going to take a big bulldozer to the Gabba. They've got the Olympics in coming up in 2032. <laughs> They've got some refurbishments to make there. There's no doubt about that. But um, it was it right? So you're calling for Triple M, and then so your power's affected. So then is it you're calling on – you're using your mobile phone to call the, to sort of call the footy at the time. Is that right? Yeah, look, initially we had no idea we were off air, so it was some of our best work. For the- <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then they told us we're off, and then our mobile phone was, was brought out. We came out of a Bruce Springsteen song and gave a bit of an update. We were passing that around on speakerphone, um, and then eventually we came back on air, and then there was uh, some relief padding there for about 15 or 20 minutes. <laughs> um, we got power on and, uh, and we were able to finish out the game, but... Yeah, it's um, certainly as a broadcaster, not uh, something I've experienced before. Did you just say some elite padding? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Brett, love your work. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Leroy, so obviously we talked about the Triple M going out. Why didn't – I was SEN and 3AW. How come they didn't go out? They kept calling. Yeah, they actually weren't at the ground, which is why they kept calling. Uh, We were at the ground and all radio boxes and TV was affected. It was. But I thought they did pretty well. James Brayshaw and the telecast, they did it really well. But it was fascinating. You went to bed, you told me, yes, morning. We had had a big one Thursday night. You fell asleep. (laughs) You almost missed the greatest comeback of all time (laughs) if Melbourne had have got up. I actually thought about going to bed just before the lights went out. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, they're 45. Points off. I yep. think I'm, I was like, um, yeah, I was cooked. I was done. The big question for you. So Brett Thomas asked, Brisbane would have preferred the game get called off then and there. Yep. Yep. Would Melbourne in a, in a different situation? Would they have pre- been prepared to just shake hands and say? Game over? Well, I think it once it's because they had the lightning issue in mm. Perth was a year or two ago. So I think they were, they were across it. But I, once it's so – they break for an hour, I think that's when they declare the result. Yeah. So they would have been watching the clock getting very close. Mm. But clearly at some point the AFL would have indicated to them that they were about to go back on to start warming up, et cetera. Mm. But um, – Maybe um, well, it, it sort of worked to their advantage because it did in the end, didn't yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, I they got something out of it, Melbourne. Yeah. You know, when that light bulb was on fire, <laughs> did not look good. <laughs> uh, we can laugh about it now because no one got okay, hurt and right. everything was fine and yeah, yeah, all good. The biggest story to emerge from last night wasn't the lights out saga; it was the Max Gorn injury. And I'm not a demons fan, but I'm crossing all yeah. fingers and toes for this man that it's not an ACL. What do you know? Yeah, Kath has spoken to the Melbourne Footy Club this morning, and there is some genuine worry that he. Has has hurt um, his ACL. Of course, he's had two done two knee reconstructions on the right. This is his left knee, which is the issue um, when Jack Viney, I think, tumbled into him the lower part of his left leg and he sort of buckled, he comes straight off. And the body language for me, for Max Gorn, told the story. Like, he genuinely looked devastated, um, I mm. thought. So the, what they do, Joe, is, you know, they do the ACL test um, on, on the spot, yep. the doctors in the rooms, and um, that was inconclusive so Don't they usually have a pretty good idea on the spot whether... Generally, if it's loose, that, I mean, that reason why they do that, where they look like they're shaking your yes. knee, yeah. it's generally if it's yeah. loose, yeah. That, that is the, the mechanism of your ACL. And if, yeah. it's, if it's still tight, yeah. then they say, well, your ACL is still intact. intact. Yeah. Yeah. So, but in saying that, it was an, normally an ACL injury, it's done without any contact. You see, it's most people change mm. direction and yep. it buckles. Yep. So this one was someone actually falling across the leg, which yep. is generally more like an, a medial, medial ligament type yep. of, a, of a sort of incident. So, yep. yeah, we do have our fingers crossed because he was on track to, to lead Melbourne towards another premiership and still... You know, and Nancy, I'll still sort of hold that Mandel is the best ruckman in the competition. I know we're looking a lot into his body language last night and he yep. did look really dejected in the rooms, but yep. 
he's probably going to look really dejected if he's got a three-week injury, That's let alone right. an ACL, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and obviously the night was just going from bad to worse because yep. they were playing poorly as well and he yep. was watching that from the rooms. So he'll have scans today, you spot on, Kath. He'll have scans today. That'll happen um, early afternoon in Melbourne, I believe. Hopefully the Melbourne oh, Football Club will have for him. Yeah, clarity on that later this afternoon. So hopefully there will um, yeah, be an answer on that one. So best-case scenario, medial. Yeah, players have come back, you know, two, three Two, three weeks, two to four weeks is probably the best case scenario. The, um, you know, it could be all the four to six or, or six to eight if it's a really bad one um, as well. So, but there is the ACL scan. And as you say, we have our fingers crossed. Now, I tell you what, Joe, good thing they made the move to get Brody Grundy because mm. he now takes the reins for a lengthy period of time. We're not sure. Um, Simon Goodwin said he was really happy with his second half. In fact, let's have a listen to Goody on Brody Grundy and we'll get your thoughts on his role, uh, Melbourne, for the next little period. Here's Goodwin on Grundy last night. You know, he's missed 12 months of footy. So I thought his second half was was pretty strong. I thought it was actually outstanding, um, his second half of the game. So um, he took a big step forward again tonight. He's going to have to shoulder a bit of responsibility depending on Max. So, um, you know, I'm sure he's the type of ruckman that will relish that opportunity. What do you think? Is he the man to take well, out? How much will they suffer? Ah, Well, of course they're going to suffer because Max Gorn's probably the best ruckman we've seen for 30 years in the competition, yep. along with probably Dean Cox. So, look, it's Grundy's opportunity now to see what he's – what he's capable of still. We know the heights he got to a few years ago. Yeah. He's going to take a bit of time to get some chemistry with his midfielders. That does take a little bit of time, but um, it's going to be fascinating. For me, though, the second ruck situation is is going to be one to watch because Melbourne have loved playing the two rucks. They've yes. had Gorn mm-hmm. and Jackson, Gorn and Grundy. So who's that? Was last night just looked weird seeing Tom McDonald do the yeah. ruck, doing some centre bounce work. and Who missed and, a lot of footy last year yeah, as well. So who is – and Ben Brown's not – can't really ruck. So who's going to do the second ruck work when Brody Grundy – he's going to um, have have the spell on the bench because Grundy's not like Max Gorn. He probably can't do 85% ruck work anymore. I don't even know who Melbourne's next ruckman is. Who's their V? I don't even know who their VFL ruckman. Come back to you. Yeah, it's been, a while since, <laughs> well, it's been a while since we've had to think about the third stringer at Melbourne. So keep they, an eye on that. They won the VFL premiership last yes, year. Yes, they did. So yeah. Yeah. And Jacob, Jacob Venry and a key forward is um, certainly coming along nice here. He could help with their key forward stocks, but you're right. That is going to be uh, a big query. They're missing yep. Kasai Pickett as well, of course, after that suspension. Uh, a couple of weeks out for him, so he'll be missing next well, week as well. Fingers crossed for Max Gorn. We're yep. right behind you. Hopefully it is the best-case scenario. Gents, yep. F1 fever is hitting Melbourne a big time. Oh, love your work there, Leroy, getting us into the spirit. But it is one of the rare weekends where footy takes a bit of a backseat and everyone wants to get to the track, isn't it? I was buzzing after the four days there last year. Packed yep. crowd, you know, great action on the track and all sorts of stuff happening around the wider Albert Park venue as well. So I couldn't be more excited as GP fever hits. It's been a great start to the season and excited to talk to this man because Andrew, is it fair to say all the cars have arrived, the tracks in in, prepared, in preparation, it's all ready, you know, record crowds again. It certainly is an exciting time. Yeah, hello everyone. It is an exciting time and it, uh, it's race week next week, so uh, we're pretty, pretty pumped down at the Grand Prix Corporation. Andrew, great to have you on this morning. Tell me, how many people have been hounding you for tickets in the last week or so? <laughs> Probably even longer. And have you got three more? <laughs> Do you want me to round it to the nearest hundred? <laughs> what do you go with? What's your yes, line? Do you yes. just say, oh, sorry, they're all yeah. sold out? Or, yes. you know, how do you play it? Yes. You play it uh, that um, they generally buy them unless they've got uh, mm. 
unless you've got millions of followers or they're a, <laughs> a you know a, a gold medalist or, or something pretty good in which case um they'll then get in a queue <laughs> get in a queue but it is it is really exciting and it um it shows the pulling power of formula one these days and it shows how much people love an event in Melbourne. And um, the track change, there were, there were some track changes last last year after some driver feedback too. Is that right, Andrew? What, what's been the feedback on that front? Yeah, we, we did a $20 million upgrade and we made the circuit faster and widened a lot of corners because last year they also upgraded the cars to a new specification. And they have DRS zones, which are um, drag reduction system zones around a circuit. And there were four of them last year, but Fernando Alonso... Um, you know, put in a protest after the first practice session and the FIA accepted that position. And so we lost one of them and went back to three. So oh, really? there's, now a, there's now a fourth one. The circuit hasn't changed, but there's a fourth DRS zone coming down towards the junction oval at the bottom of the lake and it'll make the, the lap times faster and it'll make it better for overtaking um, in sections of the circuit. So it's, it's really exciting and we're pretty happy about that. Am I right in saying, Andrew, it seems the crowds are getting bigger and better. So last year was a, a record crowd. They're continuing mm. to tumble in. Are you expecting some similar numbers to try and break some records again this year? Uh, yeah, in fact, Joey, we've gone um, we've gone up from about 419,000 last year, which was, you know, probably about 100,000 up on what we'd normally normally get wow. across the four days. Yeah. And we're going to be hitting 440, 450. Wow. So we'll, wow. we'll, we'll, we'll probably be... 125 to 130,000 across Friday, across Saturday and across Sunday and uh, ease into it with a, a lazy sort of 50 or 60,000 on, on the Thursday, which has got supercars and Porsche and historic parades and stuff. So a good day before the internationals hit the track on the Friday. We are talking to the CEO of the Australian Grand Prix, Andrew Westercott. How much do you put that down to, Andrew, to drive to survive? Because mm. I've had friends, girlfriends who had no interest in Formula One and then all of a sudden the other weekend they're telling me that they've Got to go home and watch Bahrain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very good, Kath. And I reckon your sister—I reckon your sister's in that category too, Kath. Look, yes. um, the uh, the 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 half. Look, I would put half of it down to drive to survive um, because of that broad interest across um, everyone. But you know, we're getting them back because when they do come along, they weren't disappointed last year. They had a sensational time, and they realise it's a. It's a great day out, and there's a lot more to it than just um, motorsport, which mm. which is what Formula One's all about. So, you know, you've got to deliver on the promise, and we think we did that pretty well last year, and we've had to up the ante this year. A good example, we've got – last year there were 64 super screens around the circuit. We've got up to 75. Wow. wow. And Andrew so – you go. No, sorry, mate. I was going to say, um, and this is your last um, Melbourne Grand Prix as, as as CEO, and with all the sort of record crowds and you know television ratings, etc. Are, are you thinking about doing some sort of mic drop on the way out? Are you just you know <laughs> like I've nailed this? What a job! I'll see you guys later. Look, I I finish. There's um there's a lot that can go wrong in a in a Formula One event, and at the moment um I'm not finishing up until June. So if it does. Uh, if I do do a runner, I'm going to be caught over the next couple of months. So at the moment, it's um, it, it is literally look. I'm I'm in in the office now, and we'll uh, we'll inspect a lot of the facilities because we close the park down on Monday night, and it becomes a race circuit at one minute past midnight on Tuesday and Monday night slash Tuesday morning. And uh, there's um, there's 850 tons of freight arriving in at the moment. There's 93 shipping containers of um, ocean freight cargo for the teams, and there's probably about 1,500 workers will be on site every day next week wow. um, putting the finishing touches to what's looking uh, 
like a, a great event. And and how many have we got coming to the after party on Sunday, Andrew? Because I'm looking for a ticket. <laughs> well, the um the after party uh, there's the good thing about it is that there's um so many after parties put on by the the companies who sponsor each of the Formula One teams and the pubs around the venue and stuff like that. So there's no shortage. I, mm. If you miss out on ticket A, I reckon there's uh, the rest of the alphabet to um <laughs> and they're all going to be pretty pretty good. And maybe Oscar Piastri um is. Uh, is up and about on a Sunday afternoon as a local hero. Yes, yes fingers crossed for that storyline to unfold. Hey, Andrew Westacott, thanks so much for, for joining us this morning. You've done an amazing job. What a gig, one of the best gigs in Melbourne to be the CEO of the Australian Grand Prix. Uh, you're going out on a high, so congratulations. Thanks, Kath. All the best. Well done. What a man and what an yes. event. And we're going to be there next uh, week. We're going to be is there exciting. track side. Yes. And that was spot on what he said because I'm you know, a massive Formula One fan. But when yep. going there last year, you're like, wow, there is so much happening yep, behind yep. the track and all the different parts. So even if you're not into the F1s, it yep. is a great day out. Just to uh, to take some friends and have some fun because it's a world. Look at Jay's, I think Jay's yeah. eyes like he, no, he goes. I know, I know, Joey. I know all about it. You know what? I've actually also quite enjoyed the last what? few weeks when you drive around. You drive on the circuit. Yes. Like I was driving to go to the gym. Yes. And all of a sudden, you feel like an F1 driver. when they're stuck. Yeah. You're cornering <laughs> like it's on rails. Forty kilometres per hour, <laughs> like an F1 driver. The Dead Set Legends Triple M. Quite a big story coming out of North Melbourne this week involving Taron Thomas Jay Z. What's the latest? So he's obviously yeah. been. Stood down? He has been stood down, not because of the um, latest allegation um, from a woman which involves, um, you know, claims of threatening and intimidating uh, behaviour, in particular um, on text message. They stood him down. They already made the decision because he had not made progress in the Respect and Responsibility um, program. And having spoken to North Melbourne about this, it's a really comprehensive, detailed program that was designed to make genuine changes in Taryn Thomas's life because it is clear he doesn't have um, – he has a lack of understanding around some of these basic uh, principles surrounding sort of respect and responsibility uh, to women. So they have made a, a, a really strong decision to stand him down from the football club. He will have to train away from the group, but his training really isn't the priority at the moment. It's him really getting his life together, getting his act together. And – uh, without any doubt in the world, he faces the most important four weeks of his football career. If he's not, if not his life for date, is his twenty third birthday today. But he needs to make genuine progress, show genuine remorse for some of his behaviours and and some of these incidents for him to be able to step forward. You know, we've seen Nick Kyrgios make a couple of errors at the time. I think his most recent one put his hand up and said, "Look, I'm really sorry. I accept that that's unacceptable." Blah blah blah. That's what Taron Thomas has to do, and it's. You know, for most people, that's pretty straightforward. But he's having some issues um, in that area. And now, significantly, Joey, his career is clearly at risk. Like, his football career is on a knife's edge as we speak right now. So he's contracted on more than $500,000 for this season and next season. And I think if he's not going to pull his finger out, um, then he could um, be be, yeah. be cut so from clearly the football he'll, club. he'll keep doing the program while yeah. he's away from the football club. Yes, but yeah. his participation, or he's he's been he's, so that'll be the determining factor. His participation yes. and yeah. his willingness to to learn and accept and take on board everything. And if the penny yep. drops, yep. then there's a chance that he'll rehabilitate and be a, a, a better citizen and then be a footballer next. He'll be otherwise. Back. Yep. If that's not the case, then yep. he's played his last game for the Kangaroos. So what do you do if you've got a player in your group? who doesn't share the same values as the club as a – like, what do you do with the Tarrant Thomas? I know as a player you'd be wanting to be really supportive and as a friend of someone. Yeah. But where's the line? 
Joey, where you think, well, culturally, this club needs to move on. As harsh as that sounds. No, they've got they've got to find the balance, and I'm sh- they've been supporting Taron for how long now? I mean, this probably since yeah. he stepped into the football club. Correct. Yeah. So at some yeah. point, you can only support the person for a certain amount of time, but they have to they have to do it themselves. At the end of the day, they have to be willing to yep. to make change that uh, themselves. So you will continue. The club will continue to support him yep. until a point where they say, "Well, we've done what we can." Yep. If you're not willing to help yourself, well, then there's yep. no place for you at this footy club. So to terminate his contract, uh, he and his manager would have to agree. So that that's. A seven-figure payout um, for the for the football club. Taron Thomas have to pay out his contract this year and next, which is more than a million dollars. So that's obviously quite significant. But Taron Thomas really needs to fall in line with the club's values. And um, with these fresh allegations um, and still a court date coming up, it is a genuine worry. And he really needs to get. Um, things in order, Kath. Yeah, not really the story the club wanted after such a great round one win as well and start to, to the Ulster Clarkson era on field. Um, big second hour coming up and then a reminder coming up at 12, it is the Saturday Rub, JB, Bill, Bernie and Damo. They are taking charge from midday right here on Triple M. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Joey J, Kath and Lemo. Joey J, Kath, Lemo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Yes, it is Dead Set Legends, minus Limo. He's uh, taken a cashie instead of being with us this morning, and we're going to get him on the line a little later on in the hour, I think, and just really get stuck into him, ask him who, what, when, why. Yes, find out what's happening. Hey, um, Joey, I saw on your beautiful wife Erin's Instagram a picture of your young bloke, Noah, yes. who went to the round one, went magnificent victory for the Saints. Uh, oh, how club. did he go? That, that was his first, first, first yeah. ever game. Did he last? Footy. He loved it. No, he lasted the whole game. Yep. And he Good loved it. He was singing the theme song. And uh, Is he, he was, footy, footy mad? Is he he's like, a footy, he's footy nut. He's right. a footy nut. Has I'm, he always been a footy nut? No, it's only come from the back end of last season. Mm-hmm. Right. He sort of got some footy cards and mm-hmm. then he started okay. getting into it. And then um, now he's footy obsessed. And I've created a monster because dead set now. All he wants to do is watch games, old games, new games. Really? Plays the theme songs and repeat, but everything he wants to know is the score. So he'll say, Dad, who won that game? And I said, what was the score? What was the score? So it's doing my head in. So anyway, he's uh, he loves his footy, so he sat up with me last night watched the first quarter. Does he realise you used to play and all that, that you were quite uh, good? He, he does, he does, but I don't think he's really grasped the concept. What, is okay. he, what number on the back? Uh, he likes Max King. Right. But he's never seen him play yet. <laughs> really? But... <laughs> <laughs> but he loves Max King. I love how he's just obsessed with the scores. That must yeah. be doing your head in number 11. Scores. What was the what score, Dad? The Montagna. Daddy on the, on the back or something like that. I thought yeah. that's what all the kids do oh, these no, days. No, 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 not with us. Um, uh, pick you... one. You got to pick one? Yes, I do got to uh, pick one. Hey, can I take you back to the 2017 draft? All right, both of you hmm. on this one. So just just quickly, so we could all oh, Cameron Rayner moved to Cameron Rayner moved to halfback flank for Brisbane last night. Was Leroy thinks he had a great game. So that, yeah, okay. that's good. He's solid. Yeah. <laughs> going to be a star. <laughs> going to be a star. Right. Right. Australian this year. Right. <laughs> you got to pick one player from the 2017 draft that you want in your team. So these five blokes lined up in a uh, on a wall in the schoolyard. Who you who you taking? Cameron Rayner. Andrew Brayshaw went two. Paddy Dow Carlton went number three. Luke Davies Uniac went number four for North Melbourne. And Adam Chera, now at Carlton, number five. So Rayner, Brayshaw, Dow, LDU, or Chera. I'll give you some thinking time. We'll come back to this. Pick one player. 
from the 2017 AFL draft mm. who you would take. I think the Kangaroos did pretty well. Yeah. Okay, well but I won't give it away. One, <laughs> Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Good morning, Rusty. Hey, did I see Shane Van Gisbergen come on the pod this week? He sure did, Kath. Good morning to you. Um, he was forthright too. He's kind of put his hand up and said, you know what? Um, I can grow from what happened in Newcastle. I can I can be a better champion. And he's acknowledged that, um, particularly in his dealings with Jess Yates uh, on Fox Sports and with Chad Nalon in the press conference, that he could have um, dealt with that better and, and maybe parked all the heated uh, sort of discussion and debate around uh, the, the new Gen 3 cars and just focused on um, giving them some comments about the race. So I thought that was, that was really good of him to, you know, suggest that he can grow and be better. Um, and at the same time, he talked about, you know, in a manner where you were left with a feeling that the comments that uh, Mark Scaife made have, have cut deep with him. It is my genuine wish, you guys, that those two can sit down prior to the Grand Prix. And there is talk that will happen, and, and I am this out. They're two great champions of our sport from different eras, and I, I genuinely hope that can happen. Now, Rusty, I take what you say as gospel, but do you just need to eat a little bit of humble pie here? Because I know the race wasn't great, but Oscar Piastri, he finished top 10 in the F1 qualifying in Saudi. How did I know you were going to ask that question this morning? That is you to a T. You are absolutely right. I have to put my hand up. Um, that car, we didn't expect, as we talked about on last week's show, to be better for, for some months, potentially. But he drove out of his skin, didn't he? Mm. And it's just a great uh, glimpse of the talent this young fellow has got to get into the, the what they call Q3 or the top 10 for qualifying. Race didn't necessarily go to plan. McLaren have made some big changes personnel-wise behind the scenes there. But that's got to be good sugar, right? A good boost for him as he comes into his home race. And how good... They tell me, Melbourne people tell me, it's Oscar's voice on the trams. So if you're catching a tram at the oh. GP, it's mm. Oscar directing you. Oh, is right? it? There you go. Yeah. Is, we, need it, we need to catch the trams yeah. a bit more often, don't we? Does, does he say he's driving a tractor, uh, that McLaren? Because it is. Oh, that's hard. That's going to be a big story this week as uh, Grand Prix fever hits Melbourne. I cannot wait for the best four days of my year last year were at Albert Park for the Grand Prix. I absolutely love it. So excitement is high in Melbourne. There is no doubt about that. But what about, speaking of big stories, Lewis Hamilton's future, Rusty. Obviously, he's a Mercedes legend, but has been linked um, with Red Bull. Is there any uh, substance to this rumour? How crazy that you and I are talking after only two rounds about potential silly season moves. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that's normally reserved for mid-season. So uh, the boss at Mercedes, Toto Wolff, sounds fairly confident that he'll be able to re-sign Lewis. But the Sky F1 broadcast team did go and ask Christian Horner, look, you know, if he became available, would you consider him? And Horner said, look, we're, we're pretty happy with our, our group of drivers that we have available to us, and there's no real vacancy here. So... Watch this space. If the Merc's not good enough, would the great champion venture off and go somewhere else and try and win an eighth world title? Mm, watch this space indeed. Mm. Hey, Rusty, appreciate your time. Will we see you next week at the track? I will be with you guys. Oh, I will make that happen. Can't brilliant. wait to replicate what we did last year. That was awesome. We will see you in person next week. Thanks, Rusty. Good stuff. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. I was telling you, Jay-Z, how I'm riding to drive to survive. Yes. Where where are you at? I'm finished it. All of it. Yeah, I'm up to date. Yep. Zach Brown from McLaren. Don't like him. No. When does the pressure start going on him?
Great point. Well, he's yeah. not as interesting. He's a bit more boring than the other two. So we like the Horner sort of uh, Toto Wolf rivalry. And that the episode where they two, where those two lock, lock horns and really yeah. go at it, that was the whole highlight for the series. Fix your flipping car, Horner yeah. says to yeah. Toto. So. Or when Daniel Ricciardo was getting ousted and one of the drivers whispered to him, I told you not to trust Zach. Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. Mm. I love it. You need to get into Drive well, to Survive. I might have to. I'm not a part of these conversations. <laughs> yeah. right. hey, an update from the Wacker. Uh, obviously, the Shield final is uh, being played there at the moment. WA, they are five for 175. They bowled Victoria out for 195. So, interesting scenes at uh, the Wacker. I think it was um, bad weather or something that uh, forced play to finish up a bit early yesterday. So we'll see what happens today. Yeah, big day today. Big day. All Go right. the Vicks. Do we, and just quickly touch on the race falls. I wonder if you're concerned about this, Joey. So I think there's been four falls in the past month now with the jockeys. Of course, Jamie Carr still recovering from that really bad fall a couple of weeks ago involving Craig Williams uh, at Flemington. Um, a really bad concussion. But Blake McDougal fell at uh, at Geelong yesterday, taken to Geelong Hospital. I believe Gilbert Gardner in the Herald Sun reports um, he's got a fracture of his C7 after falling off Ooh. Eagle Queen in race three. So is this just is this just coincidence well, and bad luck? That, I, that's it's hard to know. I did read yeah. something that some, some someone from the Jockeys Association or a jockey may have said that fatigue potentially could be mm. could be a bit of a factor. Because you remember a lot of these jockeys, they do track work really yeah. early in the mornings. Yep. Then they go and race, racing every day. I know yep. Victoria, I think they don't race on a Monday. Yep. But maybe there is a bit too much racing. Maybe mm. we need to look at uh, some more safety uh, protocols yep. for the jockeys. Yeah. yeah. What it does for me is it shows the risks, Kath, oh. of um, jockeys. I'm not a brave person by any stretch, bro. There's no way I'm getting on a horse who's going to ride at 60 k's an yeah. hour. And they just they do. T- I know the pay's you know decent, obviously, but um, they do take some genuine risks on these animals. That they? and Formula One drivers, as we were just discussing, yep. like the risks they take. Yeah. Their sport. Wow. No, we have definitely got it a little easier here sitting in studio (laughs) talking on radio. Hey, team, we've got some big games coming up today, starting with Collingwood v Port Adelaide at the MCG. Joey, put your... Oh, sorry. Hang on a second. Jay-Z, I've missed your pick one. Well, how could I... Pick one. I thought we got rid of that. I, th- I thought you obviously thought my question was so good. You just wanted to breeze straight over the answer, Kev. Come on, what I thought this was. <laughs> I'm sorry, a beauty. Take us back to pick one because I'm sure the listeners are dying to know who <laughs> Joey's going to pick. Yes, they are waiting, Kev. <laughs> Fair enough, right? The 2017 draft. If you only had to pick one, I love player, it when Leroy loses it's it. It's good, isn't it? I like the segment. Um, pick one player from the 2017 draft. You only take one: Brayshaw, Rayner, Chera. Uh, and David uh, Juniak. Juniak. Who are you taking? Da- would you, Leroy, you're the Brisbane man. Would you stay with Rainer or would you take Brayshaw or David Juniak? Rainer's got more potential now. He's back from injury. Oh, Leroy. Take your, <laughs> take your Brisbane beanie off. I think Luke David Juniak, I'm a massive rat for him. He He's ascending to being a top 10 midfielder in the competition. His year last year was huge. Yep. The way that he started round one against West Coast. Yes. He continues on that form. He's a chance to be an All-Australian. So I love David Juniak. North Melbourne fans have said there's a bit of Chris Judd burst. The turn, swivel, the power where they go. Are we? Are we caught? Do you uh, think it's not as some... explode. He doesn't explode out. Of, he does it with like his little nimble little shake and sidestep, and he's got he sells candy. He gets Shit. out of trouble a bit more. I think it's a bit more like Del Santo than a Judd. It's sort of with a bit of guile rather than some speed and power. But he's a beauty. Who are you taking, Kath? Mm-hmm. Brayshaw. Love yeah. what he yeah. does on the field and also leadership qualities. Metronome, solid. Yep. Um, okay, Collingwood v Port Adelaide. Yes. Now that we've uh, got that pick one, <laughs> I don't know why. No, I do love pick one and I've missed it because we haven't done it much this season That's so far. So great. make sure we bring it back next yes. week. Yes. Um, Collingwood v Port. Cracking game. Yeah. Can't wait for Joey, this one. 
Give me your fun. thoughts. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. Collingwood are the most entertaining team to watch play in sure the competition. Are. Port Adelaide, the way they played in round one was terrific. Young midfields. like It's going to be great to watch. Uh, MCG, I'm going to lean towards Collingwood. I, I think that they should win. But if Port Adelaide do happen to knock off the pies, well, they are announcing themselves as one of the contenders this season. Collingwood love their up and down style. Um, and it's just going to be a matter for me whether Collingwood can handle the big boys for Port Adelaide. If Billy Frampton can mm-hmm. control Charlie Dixon, his former teammate, um, and whether Todd Marshall, who's now becoming a very reliable and very good forward as well, if the Collingwood can take care of them, then I think they should be okay. I love the side story here, and that is Nick Dacos going up against Jason Horn Francis. Oh, they yes. were the two superstars from uh, last year's uh, draft. Now, Joey, can you just rem- remind us, you've told this story before, but can, can you remind us what happened what you said in the lead-up to that draft, and then what happened when you bumped into Nick Dacos. Well, the lead-up to the draft, I watched a bit of vision of both kids playing under-18s, and I said I went on air and said that Horn Francis was daylight ahead of Dacos in the draft. <laughs> daylight, you use that word. I, because the way that I daylight. saw Horn Francis play was like Dangerfield. He was yep. playing against men, playing Sandful seniors and kicking goals and yep. getting touches, and yep. Dacos was getting 35, 40 touches at Oakley. But I just thought Horn Francis, was his style was going to be more to the, yep. the prototype of the modern footballer, and then... Good Nick Dacos. He kept his receipts. He hasn't forgotten that. I've bumped into him twice over summer. Both times Nick Dacos has come up to me and said, I remember when you said Horn Francis was it was, it was head and shoulders above yes. me in the draft. I said, yes, Nick, I think I got that wrong. Yes. But maybe, Jay-Z, maybe yes. by the end of this year, yep. it might not be head and shoulders or daylight. It might just be yeah. a half a head. So that, with Better. those two blokes, like, Nick could be aware of that all today, wouldn't he? Like, we've all got a bit of a healthy yeah, ego. because he wanted to go pick one. Yes. He wanted to be he selected, did. pick one, Nick Dacos. So yeah. he'd be setting him – those two boys would both be setting themselves um, for a big day. And, yep. look, I'm not going to say is this a beauty and the beast kind of thing, but um, I just did. So we got Nick Dacos. He's a beautiful player, right, where the the beast in Jason Horn francis so aggressive, right? So he just Powerful. barges through blokes. Mm-hmm. He, he, he genuinely plays footy with a snarl on his face. So I think that's going to be fascinating. The Port Adelaide midfield, right? Dersma, Butters, Rosie, Jason Horn, francis They are all under 24. Don't leave out Bergman. Miles Bergman on a wing. He's becoming a very, very good footballer too. And under 24 has the youth profile. We're thinking, oh, is this finals or bust of the last season for Ken Hinckley? That engine room, the heartbeat of that team, four kids. Yeah. With Ollie Wines, a Brownlow medalist as well. And you've still got Travis Boak around. Well, that's it. I think that's probably the issue with Port for me is probably their key players are over 30. So Dixon is so important to them. I think Jonas holding up as their captain and defensive line and Boak's still really crucial there. They're sort of the, the veterans, but you're right. They've got a lot of youth. They're in a nice shape, Port Adelaide. And we touched on this three weeks ago, but in terms of the free agency trade market, it's always a big story. Just keep your eye on Port Adelaide into Benny Mackay at North Melbourne. They need – they went for Asava Radagalia last year. They need a prime key defender because Port Adelaide is a club which does not rebuild. It always mm-hmm. wants to stay up. So keep an eye on Mackay. North Melbourne fans might be a little bit nervous. So that's the first game of the day at the MCG. Tonight at Marvel Stadium, the Bulldogs v Saints. Now, there are a lot of question marks and intrigue around the Bulldogs. Everyone was was hot on the Bulldogs pre-season, yep. was loving what they were seeing in the pre-season hit-out games, and then last week just really didn't go to plan for the Dogs. Did go to plan for St Kilda, win under Ross the Boss. How do the Saints beat the Dogs tonight? Can they, Joey? Well, it's going to have to be another Rossi Lyon masterclass. There's every every chance, though, that the Bulldogs, like Brisbane did last night, bounce back and show their best football and show what they're made of. So it's going to be, no doubt, a a challenge for St Kilda. I think the Bulldogs midfield might be a bit too powerful for St Kilda. And, And when the Dogs dominate in the midfield, that's when they win games. 
Um, so it's going to have the Saints are going to have their work cut out. Obviously, still missing some key personnel, but if they bring the effort, and intensity, and defend like they did last week, of course they're in this contest. So tell me if I'm putting the cart before the horse um, here, Joey. You know where my where a bias lies on this front. But if St Kilda knock off the Bulldogs tonight, and it is another coaching masterclass, what does that say about Ross Lyon's ability as coach? Well, that he's he's a very well, one what, of the what best. we already know. He's a very good coach. Well, I was going to ask you then. What does it mean about the Bulldogs and Luke Beveridge? Flip side of the corner. Does, it, does the heat come a little bit for Bevo? They, They've just re-signed. They him. have just re-signed him. So technically, you think well too early after round two. To... So yeah, they, they've sort of they've made it really clear and and they're supporting him and maybe. There are some teething issues. They've tried to bend, bend down this new defensive system, right, with team defense. We talked about it a lot. Melbourne kicked eight goals. Didn't see from, much of it last mm, week, though. Very up. similar to last year, their team defense. And now Rory Lobb out. They go back to a three-tall forward structure or even two with one on the bench or one down fence. So they are going to get smaller. I think they'd be hoping to see a lot more forward pressure with another small. Everyone's forward. talking about the four tools and all that. But isn't the first point of, point of call is their defense? Yeah, and and not much from last week. Yeah, but defense. But this is where people probably um, misinterpreting defense starts in your forward line because we're talking about team defense. Everyone thinks when we talk about a team defending, they always just think of the back line. Mm. But these days, it starts in your front half, being able to defend the full ground. Mm. Because if the ball goes through easily, it doesn't matter if you had Stephen Silvani at fullback, you're not going to be able to stop team scoring. So it's all going to start up the ground. I think they were ranked 16th for tackles last week. So you're putting more pressure on on their mids, Bontempelli, McRae, all that to bring the defensive pressure. Yeah, we know they're all going to get 30 touches, but they have yep. to do the, the flip side and, and help the team defend and, and help their back line. Their midfield, they have a real advantage in the midfield tonight, the Bulldogs. Yeah. So they should really dominate this game out of the middle. Yeah, that's with, their, that's what they'll be hoping to do to win. Yep. Up next, we're going to check in with Limo. Joey, Jay, Kath, Limo. On Melbourne's 105.1, this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Sport is full of legends, and so is this show. Joey Montagna, Jay Clark, Kath Lochnan, and Limo. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Hey, it is Joey, Jay, Kath, and Limo, but we haven't even heard from Limo today because he's not here. Cashy. But he is with us on the line. Limo, where on earth are you? Morning, Limo. G'day, g'day guys. Yes, yeah, sorry, I can't be with you today. I'm performing at the uh, 2023 Forbes Rugby Club President's Lunch. Ooh. So, yeah. You know, you are. How much are you getting paid for that, Lemo? It's, it's all on the books. It's all <laughs> on the books, Mr Deputy Commissioner of Taxation. <laughs> and, now, you know, in comedy in Australia, there are three big gigs, hosting the Logies, mm. hosting the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, and the Forbes, Forbes Rugby Club. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it is good to be here. Bucket, bucket list stuff, hey? Yeah. Uh, we've missed you, and uh, we've also missed your top five. Do you have something for us this morning? Oh, do I ever. Have we got, can we play the opener, please? Get me in the mood. <laughs> On Triple M's Dead Set Legends, it's Limo's Top Five. Lights uh, out at the Gabba songs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, well, there it is. The lights went out, of course, at the Gabba last night. Uh, a massive story. But what I found really interesting is the lights went out, and then did you notice this? The crowd started singing oh. at the Gabba. Let's have a listen to the crowd singing last night. Virginia. <laughs> so that's Charlie Cameron's song, isn't it, when he kicks a goal? Is that the one that they play? Co- correct. And he kicked a goal earlier in the night. They sang it earlier in the night. And then when the lights went out, the crowd just started singing it. And then they played it in the stadium. 
and the crowd was singing it again. Um, now, big nod there for John Denver, of course, but I thought the Gabba, come on, you've got to get, you've got to think about it a bit more. The lights have gone out. Think about the songs you could yes. play yeah, okay. to capture the moment. So I've got here for the Gabba for next time it happens, <laughs> here are your top five songs you can play <laughs> at the Gabba when the lights go out. And because we're on Triple M, we need an ACDC song. Coming in at number five, Shot in the Dark. Yeah, not All bad. Right. Coming in at number four, come on, Public Enemy, Fight the Power. <laughs> Been a while since I've heard Public Enemy being played. <laughs> nice. Yes. I've chosen this next song just because I love the song and it's a great excuse to play it. Uh, this is John Cafferty, The Dark Side. Oh, no. Yeah, that gets you up and about. It uh, gets you up and about. Coming in at number two, uh, Daryl Braithwaite, Horses. (laughs) (laughs) Just because it has to. (laughs) Just because. (laughs) I mean... Certainly at Mooney Valley. (laughs) Aren't aren't groups of Australians who are gathered together with nothing to do legally obligated to sing Horses? (laughs) I thought thought that was a rule. And then the most obvious song at all... Uh, song of them all at the Gabba. When the lights go out, play this one. <laughs> no way. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. they, uh, they missed a trick, you reckon, Lee? Might have yes. a bit of a concert while the, the lights are out for those 45 mm. minutes. Could you imagine 30,000 people singing along to the angels? <laughs> <laughs> Similar to um, Daryl, it's always Sweet Caroline as well, isn't it? Yes. I mean, that's popular. They, did, they sang that last night as well. Yeah, yeah they that. did. That one got a run. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that got a run as well, along with, along with Country Road. Hey, Limo, are you going to come back next week or what? Uh, look, it depends. I'm trying to source another cashy while I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll see how I go. All right. Well, what? you just let us know then. I'll keep you posted. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Enjoy, Levo. The old Forbes what is rugby Forbes? club. Is it like one of those joints that's got like a big something, you know, the big banana, the big prawn, the big koala, or anything like that? Do we know <laughs> anything know. about Forbes? You know what? You can Google that during the break <laughs> and let our listeners know. Um, we've had a look at the uh, couple of the Saturday games coming up. Obviously, the big one at the MCG, which kicks off Saturday afternoon football. That is Collingwood v Port Adelaide. We've spoken about the Dogs v Saints tonight. The one we haven't spoken about, Kath, Jay-Z. Kath. What? We've also had a look at TripAdvisor. Don't forget TripAdvisor. We wanted to work out what was in Forbes. Oh. No, the number one. We can't miss this. Where Lemo is, Forbes. Yeah. So Joe's right. been give doing some the, research. Give me the number one tourist attraction. What is going to get me to Forbes? The Forbes and District Historical Society Museum. <laughs> That's housed at Osborne Hall, which is the dance hall. So that is... Get me to Forbes. <laughs> There's that. There's the Forbes Visitor Information Centre and the, <laughs> and the Forbes Heritage Trail. No, it might be beautiful. I've yeah. never been to Forbes, so just wanted to so check it out. Are you going to go now? Uh, not not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Okay, should we get back to the football yes. or yeah. want to talk about the Forbes Museum? Tigers? Um, yeah, the Adelaide Crows taking on Richmond. That is the twilight game today. And mm. the Crows have had the wood on uh, the Tigers at yep. Adelaide Oval in recent times. Won five of the last six over Richmond at Adelaide Oval. And I know we've all probably tipped Richmond here, but is it a bit of a danger game for the Tigers, yeah. Joey? Yeah, it is. I mean, Adelaide's pre-season form was pretty good. They played pretty well for two and a half quarters mm. against the Giants before it fell uh, fell away for them. They've got some threats in their forward line, which may trouble Richmond. Where? What do you what do you think? The, to- the talls, the smalls. Where do they kick a winning? Well, score? a little bit of both. They've bought in Richmond. Have bought in Tyler Young, the debutant, going to play his first game, and yep. Noah Bolt is going to have his hands full with their talls. But the smalls for me, Rochelle, Rankin, 
Uh, McAdam's going to miss, unfortunately. But mm. uh, even young Pedler, I was a big rap for him. We haven't seen the best of him yet. He's a good little player. I think they can challenge maybe Richmond Smalls. You know, Rioli uh, is a terrific offensive player. Going to mm. have to defend well Baker. because uh, yeah, and, and Liam Baker. But Adelaide are a chance. The other game tonight is Fremantle v North Melbourne at Optus Stadium. First game of the year at Optus. Any dangers here for Fremantle? I'd like expect- to think no. I would think Fremantle at home would be bouncing back and winning this game. They- if they do lose, then there's some yeah, there's some real concerns for, for Fremantle. But I think as good as North Melbourne were last week, Fremantle should be winning this they game. They need to. Kath, I know you're doing the great job for Fox Footy. Keep an eye on the Optus Stadium turf. Yes. It so looks- there's a game tonight and then West Coast play there tomorrow. So two games in 48 hours. I know we've spoken a lot about the MCG turf after the Ed Sheeran concert, so I don't think the Optus turf is faring much better, so keep an eye that be patchy. Someone parts. turned the heater back on in here. I did, sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's hot. It is I'm very hot. It's like a sauna. <laughs> sort it out, Jay-Z. Oh, microwave this all. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Can I kick it off? Yeah, yeah. you can kick it off. Um, oh, can I take aim at one of your former coaches, uh, Joe? You were coached by Grant Thomas, weren't you? Yes. Um, this is what he said on um, Twitter last night. We spoke earlier about Max Gorn and the worries about his ACL. He's going to have a knee scan a little bit later. But Tomo tweeted last night, possibly wouldn't have changed much, but Gorn sucking downstairs instead of icing on the bench and connecting with a te- uh, with team he is captain of didn't help. Are we critical of hmm. uh, Max Gorn? I think he's allowed five minutes to sort of, you know, let it deal with the emotion of of the injury, and then I he think did it, eventually go to the bench. Yeah, that's right. Quarter he's time, had, yeah. he's out there with the teammates. Yeah. So give me a spell, Tomo. It's yeah. a bit harsh. No, that's the one. Oh, Tomo was off the mark there. He's quite vocal on Twitter, but yeah. same thing. The same sook. I mean, he iced up down there. He had some time to himself, and then by quarter time, he was up doing exactly what you should do as a captain, and he wanted he's to go to the robot. bench and support. Yeah, but it is gonna it is gonna impact yeah. you emotionally. Yeah. I'm gonna lighten it up here. My yeah. give me a spell is I went to the supermarket the other day. Mm. I love red grapes, red seedless grapes. Just yep. Tried one because Ooh, you know stolen. you don't want a soft, oh, you've stolen gross. <laughs> no, so I've just tested one. Oh, yeah, it's theft. I've tested one. <laughs> did you get some awkward looks? Yes. <laughs> the, the, the Coles man said something to me. What did he say? He said, "Were well, you going to buy that? <laughs> like that no bag? Because I put my hand Good. in the bag yes. and tested Call the people grapes. out like you. No, give me a spell. You should be able to test, <laughs> test before you buy. Oh. Try before you buy. What if everyone tests one of those grapes and then that packet's empty? That's and then... okay. They can test. If it's not for them, they can leave yeah. it. I'll I'll test. If it's for me, I'll take yeah. it and I'll buy it. Yeah. So if you see Kath at the supermarket, pull out your iPhone and just see if you can <laughs> roll the tape so we can use it as a Security footage. I took took a photo of this one during the week, an article in The Age. It was an opinion piece by, can I name Patrick O'Neill? He said, my eight-year-old son has never seen his footy team win because he barracks for Hawthorne. I don't want to lie to him. Give me a spell, Patrick O'Neill. Try being a St Kilda supporter. My dad's never seen St Kilda win. He's 55. Don't worry about your little eight-year-old son. He'll be fine. Give me a spell. My gosh. That's good. Triple M's Dead Set Legend of the Week. Mate, you are Legend. Just a little one this week. I just wanted to keep, keep it close to home. Ed Kerno, yeah. yes. Jay-Z. I don't know if you saw his game on the weekend. Massive. I thought it was very impressive. Yeah. He was the last player on the list. Like he was, Some were surprised that he really kept his spot on the list in regards to what was going on. I think it came down to Setterfield or Kerno. Yeah. They traded Setterfield, kept Kerno. Huge impact in that game, just what he did playing in the midfield, winning contested ball, winning clearances, playing Georgie Hewitt's role, really. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, his brother's going to get all the... Limelight because yeah. his brother's a superstar and, yes. and uh, Charlie was probably close to best on ground. But Ed Kerner, I like these little ones that go under the radar. Yeah. So he's my dead set legend of the week. That's a good one. And I wonder whether Jack Martin 
when he comes back from injury, I wonder whether he comes back through the VFL. He's got an obsession with Jack Martin. Do you think so? I don't think he's in their best team. <laughs> no, me neither. He's fringe. Fringe best team, depending on some injuries. But... They would rather Kern. Voss would see his work rate. 100%. In the front half, Hewitt comes back in the midfield. Blues continue on a bit of a roll. They've got a pretty good run the next three or four weeks. Carlton, they could be sitting pretty up the top of the ladder, Calf. Pretty up the top of the ladder. And a question for our team, is Lemo going to come back in? Uh, it'll be a selection meeting this week. Yeah. Oh, yes. I feel like it needs to be dropped for a week for yes. taking a cashy over us. Yes. You can stay out of trouble, please. This, this has been Triple M's Dead Set Legends. That's it for this week's edition of Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Brought to you by Betfair. Play your way and find better odds on the footy at Betfair. Imagine what you could be buying instead. These legends will be back next week. It's like a Del Santo Montana one, so back in the day. <laughs>